Improper disposal of batteries can spark fires. Fires on garbage trucks and at trash and recycling centers cost millions and put lives in danger. Batteries do not belong in regular trash or recycling. Learn more at GoRecycle.org. Brought to you by Montgomery County. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Hello, Cleveland, and welcome back to the Dogland Podcast. We are on season five. This is the pre season premiere of the podcast. We are back. And what a better way to do this than with some big Browns news. Uh, unless you've been living under a rock, Saturday night, the Browns got their first of their key contract extensions done. Uh, Nick Chubb hasn't signed it yet, but the Browns and Chubb both agreed to a three-year extension worth $36.6 million, averaging out to $12.2 million a year with $20 million initially guaranteed at signing, could get up to $30 million fully guaranteed. There's only one man that I could bring on to discuss the Nick Chubb contract extension. It's Nick Chubb's number one fan, Mr. Jack Duffin. Jack, how you doing, buddy? Oh, yeah. You're leading me on on false pretenses. You told me it was a half an hour show just about Paul D. Podesta <laughs> and uh, <laughs> snuck in the Chubb news without telling me. So, <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh, man. We will talk about that other contract extension as well. But, but no, uh, yeah, it's... Um, it, it, uh, we're in a nice world now that running back deals aren't as crazy as they used to be. So, uh, hey, it, it's not one I'm a fan of, but it's also not one I'm pulling my hair out about. It's not it's not like we've sat there and gone, hey, here's 40 million So um, over a couple of years. So, yeah, it, we'll get into the details, but it's is it optimal? No. Is it a disaster and world ender? No. And that, that that's basically where I stand on it. Yeah, let's, let's, before we break it down, let's talk about it because um, former Browns president Joe Banner, uh, he's been going on a warpath on Twitter, like hating on this deal in terms of Nick Chubb saying that he took below market. Um, you know, I think he's crediting the Browns because they got him below market. But like, are you, Jack, do you think this could be a trend where running backs, running back contracts are going to take a dip or are we still going to see big ones? And this could be just a case of, you know, the Browns got a good deal. Nick Chubb took maybe a hometown discount, slight hometown discount, because when you look at what potentially the franchise tag would have brought him, he did take less money, essentially. Yeah, so 16, um, and I'm looking at these deals in two-year windows because right. every, every running back, and I'm going to go through this, you might see, hey, so-and-so got a five-year deal. There's only two years of it guaranteed, and then teams can get out of it. Um, so we'll run through this list and this is all in the last 16 months. So we're going back to the start of last off season with Christian McCaffrey as the first deal in this long run. So Christian McCaffrey got 39.9 million over two, lots of money. Yeah. You could probably look at a three year deal and go, Hey, it's 50 million over three, but effectively it's 39.9 million over two. Then Derek Henry got signed. And this is where we then see everyone else in a big group. Um, Derek Henry got 25.5 million over two. And then I don't remember the order, but we'll put everyone else in. Mixon, 27.5 million over two. 
Kamara, 27.2 million over two. Dalvin Cook, 25.1 million over two. Um, Jones got 20 million over two. But he, he, he was, was an interesting one because we'll get on to should Nick Chubb have waited till free agency. But we saw no one wanted Aaron Jones because what happened? He had to run back to the uh, uh, Packers with his tail between his legs going, hey, can, can, can you pay me, guys? Um, and he got 20 over two. Um, but Nick Chubb got 24.4 over two. So did did the Browns manage to hold a gun to his head over the table and go, hey, you can test free agency, but it didn't look good for Jones. We could t- franchise tag you and screw you over that way. Um, the, the other partnership they had is Kareem Hunt. Hey, if you don't like it, we've got a probably 10th, 11th, 12th best running back in the NFL, and he's on 6 million a year. So quite frankly... If you don't want to take our deal, we'll franchise take you once. You can walk in free agency and good luck. Um, they were in a really, really, really strong negotiating position as a team. But the whole running back market's fallen through the floor. Um, and, that, and that's a it, it's a trend, but we've seen it a lot more. The, the sort of the Zeke deal, the Christine McCaffrey deal, the Todd Gurley deal, even like David Johnson in there. Those deals are just not getting offered um, now. And that's not a Browns doing well thing. That's just a league-wide. Um, they've said, now nah, we're not interested. Yeah, I think the league's taking notice that, like, we cannot afford to give running backs these type of contracts anymore. Like, obviously, the Panthers are still paying McCaffrey. The Saints are still paying Kamara. The Cowboys are still paying Zeke. But, um, yeah, I don't think you're going to see these big ones. Saquon Barkley maybe will get it. But this that is, is the- Dave Gettleman is an old school GM. I mean, they've paid running backs in the past. It would seem to think, I mean, depending on what he does this year, because I haven't heard anything about a contract extension with him, they might be in a wait and see mode. See if he can stay healthy, see if he can come back with a strong 2021 campaign and then pay him. But he might be the last one to garner a huge money contract. Yeah, and it's it's lots of factors that play into this. At the end of the day, hey, you've got the cheap rookies coming through. Teams are more and more aware that running back injuries do happen. You've got the sort of the player mortality rate. At like when I say mortality, I'm talking about their playing career, not everything else that goes right. on in life. <laughs> but playing mortality rate um, is about 28, whereas most other stuff is 30, um, where you start seeing that decline in production. Um, and as well, the other factor is teams every year the league has been going they run less and less and less and less and less and less because they're passing more and more and more and more and that trend has to balance out in pay but it's now the franchise tag cheaper than running backs punters and kickers that's it no one's else's franchise tag every other position in the nfl is better that's tight ends in there um so it really is time where people say hey look and point and laugh at the running backs don't matter movement. And they're not saying running backs don't matter. They're just saying, Hey, there's so many good ones. They don't move the needle enough passing more efficient than running. And them guys are winning through because if, if Kamara and Chubb get similar deals to Christian McCaffrey and Zeke, then I'm saying, Hey, running backs are dominating this. They're, no one's listening to the running backs don't matter arguments, but teams are because money is the one thing that you can go, Hey, this stuff matters. Cornerbacks setting record deals, edge defenders setting record deals and running backs falling through the floor. With the way the cap's gone over the last five, 10 years, it should be breaking deals. And it's not, unless you're arguing like CMC's twice the player of Nick Chubb, then th- there's no argument. 
the, these guys got deals in another level. And hey, two years ago, do Kamara and Chubb get massive, massive deals? Yeah, hundred percent. But the NFL's not there anymore. No, not at all. Let's let's break down this deal. Um, Over the cab had already posted it early early Sunday morning and Jason Fitzgerald wrote a good piece and broke it all down. But I mean, we'll just look at it ourselves. Um, obviously this year, you know, Ch- Chubb's cap number went up about $500,000 or what it was already going to be. Uh, it's about 4.7 million. This is a, this is actually a backloaded deal, which is something that has been, correct me if I'm wrong, Jack, this has been a trend with Barry. He's been backloading most of these deals. Yeah, so they push as much cap into the future. So the players are still getting the money up front. Yeah. But for cap purposes, they push it as far back and far back because effectively it's a two-year deal. And it was a two-year extension. So you've got his one rookie year left, um, which is the fourth year of his rookie deal, which is this season. Then you've got two years, which they've guaranteed. And then that last year is just a team option. They can right. just rub their hands and go, no, you've picked up a few injuries or this, and we walk away. And, and that's with all these running back deals. They're not... Um, there's no protection for the players. Um, and as well, I, I don't think this will be the final deal. Andrew Berry has not yet done a multi-year contracts extension that didn't have void years. So I would keep an eye out with this deal. I think we see at least two void years coming in the next week. Interesting. Interesting. Um $12 million signing bonus, which is obviously spreads out over the next three seasons after 2021, but he gets, obviously he'll get that 12 million right away. That's part of the signing bonus, obviously. Um, 2022, his cap number does not go up very much at all. It goes up another half million. So 5.2 million, which not that bad. 2.5% of the cap, not bad at all for a running back. Then you look at the deal, Jack. 2023, like you said, that's where the it's the rest of the guaranteed money, a $14.8 million cap hit, 6.6%. He's still only the third highest paid Brown currently behind Miles Garrett, who's I think his cap number is around 29 million here in a couple of seasons. And then Odell Beckham's contract still going on at 15 million. We'll see if that number changes because if he comes back and has a monster 2021 year, I would think he's going to the negotiating table with the Browns trying to get an extension. And then, like you said, 2024, essentially a team option deal, $16.2 million cap hit. Um, There's also a per-game roster bonus of $425,000. The Browns can get out of it and take a $4 million dead cap hit. So not a bad deal in that final year. And he's going to be 29 years old at the time. So if even if the Browns let go Nick Chubb, say he has a couple productive seasons still, what he's done – it wouldn't shock me if he could squeeze out another two or three year contract and make 14, $15 million a year as the cap continues to explode. Yeah, he certainly could. Um, and I, th- I think this is sort of, it, this might be an interesting trend to watch with the Browns. So with Miles Garrett's deal that moved away from the norm. So up to that point, all of these edge players got, um, trying to remember they all got one more year than miles got um he took five they usually got six right yep yeah i was not 99 sure that's the one Um, and then all of these running backs they tend to get four usually five nick chubb got three yeah so this could be what the browns are doing to sort of potentially try to get favorable rates and obviously it's not that favorable we're talking about like 
half a million maybe. Um, but they add up across different players. Hey, if you, if you sign five players and you give them all one year less, obviously it could burn you in the long run because, hey, if you, rather than getting that guy on the final year, another year of safety, if you do want to keep a Miles Garrett for a sixth year, you do want to keep someone else for a sixth year. Um, say you wanted to keep Chubb for a fourth year. Um, maybe it's Baker and you give him a four-year rather than a five-year and you, you actually want to keep him for that extra year. Then you have to do another deal. But if that saves a few bits of money here and there, and if there are players in other positions, wouldn't surprise me if this is front office that doesn't really want to do third deals um, with players. They're very much like, hey, you get a rookie deal, you get another deal. We might keep you for a one year if you're sort of a, ros- a roster player, but we don't really want to extend you if you're a core piece. So, um, no. I, I, I think it's one to keep an eye on. Do they take shorter contracts? Um, for players as a way of sort of bargaining them to uh, take nice deals. You always mention when we've talked about these contracts, the percentage of the cap. And I went and looked on over the cap right now. Nick Chubb's deal would be 6.7% of the cap. You compare it to McCaffrey, Elliott, and Kamara. McCaffrey's was 8.1% of the cap. Elliott's was 8% and Kamara is 7.6%. Now, clearly McCaffrey and Kamara are different than Chubb because they bring the, more to the receiving game, but the salary cap fell through the floor as well. So I'd say that is if you're trying too. to compare it. You probably want to use say Jones, maybe 200, 210 million. Okay. Um, so if we looked at what is Chubb's average per year? 12, 12.2, 12.2, 12.2 million divided by. Would it be fair to compare million. it to Aaron Jones and like Dalvin cook and Mixon's contracts in terms of cap percentage? <sighs> what was uh, no, because even that was higher. So you're looking around, if you're looking at versus um, the other guys that um, you could probably compare it to everyone else, but you Chubb at 5.8. Okay. Um, because if, if the salary cap this year was 210, it'd be 5.8%. So I, I think that's where you start benching him. And then the numbers probably look a lot more even with that metric. It's just one of them weird years where the cap fell down rather than going up as it would. Um, if the cap was 210, hey, we're looking at 5.8, uh, which is, it, it's a good deal. Is it? Um, okay. I, I think the key thing, just to look at those two-year windows, hey, right. everyone else got 2 million more over that time. And yes, yeah, 2 million. It's not like, the difference between winning a Super Bowl and not isn't that 2 million. But hey, is, is it good? Yeah. If, if, if the decision for this front office is we have to sign Nick Chubb, we can discuss whether that should be the the decision any team takes. But if they said, hey, we have to sign Nick Chubb, they got a good deal. They got a good deal based on the market. Do you want to pay that money to a running back and then the knock-on impact of you rush you probably rush the ball more than if you had a third-round rookie or um, a Todd Gurley or, hey, Derek Henry potentially gets cut in a year and you pick Derek Henry up for five million a year. Do you run the ball as much? No. But um it's one you, you look at a lot of these teams and they've they've managed to plug in rookies. 49ers, perfect example. Raheem Mostert was on our practice squad and hey, he looks like a great back. Because a lot of it is scheme, it's a big factor. Um, you scheme open holes, you block open holes, stuff gets done. Um, and yeah, it, the difference between Chubb and 
Um, Kareem Hunt, uh, Hunt, is it worth, what is it, 12? I think 6, 12 versus 24. Yeah, 12. Is it worth 6 million a year? Is, is, is Nick Chubb twice the player of Kareem Hunt? I'd say no. Um, is he better than uh, Kareem Hunt? If he, 100%. If you take the off the field issues, I would say Nick Chubb is twice the player Kareem Hunt is. I, I, I only care about what happens between the white lines. I get it. I get it. I get it. But yeah, it's it's one of them that hey, they, they got if if you're if you're of the mindset that they have to pay Nick Chubb, they got a good deal. So would you say, based on who won this deal, would you say the Browns won or Nick Chubb won or both sides came out winners in this? The Browns won, and every running back in high school in college football in the NFL, they're continuing to lose. I, I'd be honest, if if you are a high school athlete, ask for a position change. Is that, if, if you're at high school level, by the time you get there, that is a really, really hard task. Play, play corner because you've then got a great shot of making a roster. Not only do teams carry more corners, th- there's just a lack of talent there. Um, so if, if, if you're going to be honest, that position is going down. You would not have looked at a player and everyone says, Hey, Nick Chubb's the best pure runner. Running back's about more than one dimension now. Um, it's, you need to do both to be an elite running back for me. And I, I think he can do a bit of catching. He needs to do more. Yeah. Um, and show it on a consistent level. He's shown it on odd snaps. Hey, I was betting the over on his receiving yards every week and making a, a killing out of it. So uh, I can't complain. But um, I think for him to be the top of the top, um, I think there's a little way to go there. But he, he's not a massive... The fact that he is a reduction on those other guys, I would have expected him to beat those Henry numbers, beat at least be in the 27 and a half range. Um, I, I think he could have easily got 28. Um, that's where I thought it would go, potentially with the franchise tags, it'd probably get there. Um, but hey, can't complain. And I, 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 th- I think last time I was on, we were discussing Sheldon Richardson, or it was the, the time before that. It was right around that window. I think it was but, right after he had gotten released. And you called it, man. You did. If you listen back to that show, what did I say? Who, who's the biggest winner out of the Sheldon Richardson release? It was Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, and yeah. And the reason for that is because the Sheldon Richardson release freed up money for them to do other things. Yep. And when people say, oh, Sheldon Richardson's gone, this team's worse off. Well, that's fine. If, if you want to be in a position that, hey, you'd rather keep Sheldon Richardson than lose Nick Chubb, that's fine. But those are real decisions that go on in a front office. You can't just keep everyone. And releasing a player opens up doors in the same way that signing a player to an extension closes doors. Um, If you're sat there and going, oh, um, Justin Houston signed a deal with the Ravens. Wouldn't it be good to have Justin Houston on our team? Well, if, if you've just spent 24 million over two years, then a player like him, a player like Troy Hill might not be available to us in the future because... Whereas you could go out and get four of those players each year and be in a really, really nice position. Um, hey, that, that might not be open, but no, it's, it's, it's all opportunity cost. And that was the interesting one with the Sheldon Richardson release, just because he was the only player owner going to get a short-term deal. Um, whereas other positions, your Ward, your Baker, your Miles Garrett, they're, they're big, big deals. Um, whereas, hey, they could have turned around and told Nick Chubby to got a five-year deal. 
it wouldn't have been worth the paper it's on. Even Kamara got on 50 million, 90 million over five. Yeah, it's a two-year 27.2 million deal. So it's, it's one you just got to take it all the pinch of salt. When you, you hear these funny numbers floated around and it's why I'd encourage people, hey, if someone says, what did Nick Chubb get paid? Say it was 24.4 million over two plus a team option. That'll make you look super, super smart. So you've mentioned Kareem Hunt a couple of times and you also mentioned like, you talked about Nick Chubb getting the ball more in terms of a receiver. First of all, uh, reading this now, Nick or Kareem Hunt is due gets a $2.2 million roster bonus in four days, and that becomes guaranteed, and he gets another million-dollar roster bonus due. So that's fascinating. Um, next year, he's due about $6 million. Say they start changing things up offensively and start giving Nick Chubb the ball more um, in terms of the receiving game. Do you see Nick Kareem Hunt being expendable next year? Because obviously he's going to be paid more theoretically than Nick Chubb next season. And if they're going to start giving Chubb the ball more, you can take that 6 million and go spend it on a couple players potentially. Or if you want to go get say a Justin Houston, you can do that with that 6 million. I think this deal could mark the end of Kareem Hunt. Nick, everybody's kind of saying, oh, next year we're going to have our entire starting offensive line and both running backs. I don't think that's the case. And I think you would agree with that. So what do yeah, you think no. this deal means for the immediate future of Kareem Hunt? Yeah, so I didn't actually know it was four days before the um, the roster bonus kicks in. and I just was looking at I, it on over the cap, actually. I still think that there's the opportunity he could get moved. I, I was thinking it was more mid-season, but at the same time, I don't think it gets moved now. It, I think it's next uh, year. Yeah. Just on that one, though, when people say, hey, you could move him on, they just instantly think, oh, it's a draft pick in the f- upcoming draft. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be. Uh, we added um, Ronnie Harrison, for instance. Right. Who last year, he was, he was, a, he was a good addition. He, he wasn't about getting worse the following year or anything. It was just like, hey, he's a good player. They could easily be out there keeping on a team, and then a team goes, hey, the, Ra- the Rams maybe, they're, they're up for moving on from somebody who could interest the team. And then they go, hey, we've got too much running back. You've got too much linebacker, defensive tackle talent. Um, I'm corner, not about getting another corner. Donald, don't, don't go too wild. Listen to it. Another corner. It, it, it could just be a position right. where they've got a little bit more than they need and we've got a little bit more than we need at running back where we actually go, hey, we might end up throwing in a, a, round, a fourth round pick and cream hunt and go get someone else. Mm-hmm. So it's not sort of like people think if you move someone on, oh, we won't want to get worse. Who said we're getting worse? You don't necessarily have to get worse when you move a player on or, or it will be about the future. So do I think that will happen? No. To my newborn baby boy, the day you arrived was one of the happiest days of my life. Right up there with the day I bought my RV from that guy on the internet and insured it with Progressive. <laughs> what a deal. Just know, son, I'll always be here for you. And by here, I mean in the middle of absolutely nowhere. In my RV. Protect your baby with an RV policy from Progressive. Take as little as four minutes to see what you could save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. I guarantee they're sat there in the front office chatting about it. Um... So that's going to be an interesting one. 
Um, I just can't, I can't see him here next year. I, I think he he probably knows he's gone. Um, I think they wanted one more year over Chubb because then if Chubb wasn't happy, weren't able to get a negotiation done, they had the leverage there, and also then they weren't they weren't left out with a problem. They've got he's got no guarantees in the deal. Yeah, he's got the eighth of April roster bonus for a million, but they can get rid of him before that. So. No, I, I think this is the last year of both. Could something crazy happen mid-season? Yeah, but I think they would they'd probably want a player back to be going for it. Who knows? Something could go wrong with Baker and the season could be down the toilet halfway through the season. And then you're like, if we don't need him and the Rams want to offer us something in the future, hey, go for it. But that, I, I can't really see him moving this season. But they will certainly entertain it. If someone makes a really good offer, hey, you... You've got to listen to all deals for all players because, yeah, there, there is everyone on this roster. If someone offered me a deal, that I would, I would do it. Yeah, um, I don't see them moving him now. I think Mary Kay reported it last week that they're not interested in trading him to the Rams or anybody. I think Kareem Hunt's safe this year. I just think next year, and depending on how Demetric Felton, if he makes the roster, how he performs as a rookie, because they're already rotating him both as a running back and a wide receiver, so they must have plans for him. Um, I think him and Dearness Johnson, if both somehow make the team and they cut a Janovich or somebody, those are two affordable options to back up Nick Chubb. Dearness has proven he can get some carries. They get, and they can always add another running back. I understand. Yeah. I, I see the face you're yeah, making. Not Dearness Johnson. No, but, no. That, that, <laughs> that dude ain't the answer. He's a, he's, I'm sure he's a lovely, lovely chap, but he ain't the answer. But I think like they, they will likely move on. They could always keep them next year. I mean, at $6 million, it, I don't know what who else they could move around to keep them both, but I just think moving Hunt seems like a likely option going into 2022. But we don't want to look too far in the future. We just want to focus on the immediate. And but I could definitely see Hunt or Chubb getting more carries now because he got this contract, and the Browns are going to be like, "We paid you. Now we're going to give you a little more. Let's see if you can continue to dominate the game the way you have been." Which has its negatives. Hey, I, I, we need more passing on first downs to be um, a team that dominates. And you look at the best team uh, um, running the ball in terms of positive EV, um, looking at the value of each play, and it's the Kansas City Chiefs. But their best running offense is equal to the 12th best passing offense in the league. And, and that's the key stuff to look at. Hey, there will be a time in the future, probably, where running and passing become equal. Yeah. And then that will be the time when hey, I might be sat there arguing for more running. And, and my argument between passing and running isn't, hey, what looks more, most fun or anything is, hey, what's more likely to, for the Browns to win a game and then last win a championship? Because I, I don't care too much of what looks the most fun on a Sunday. I would rather be sat there at the end of the season with rings. Oh, um, absolutely. And it, it's, it's that argument of entertainment versus... Um, championships hey I, I would rather ruthlessly chase championships i, I don't care if I, we sat there and it's like oh, we, we don't see much on defense why because the offense is just tearing up the field um so yeah i, I i'm quite relaxed hey just ruthlessly do what's going to get get you the most efficient if if they're going to have a light box with five dudes in it then i'm going to be banging the table going run the ball Right. What, why are you passing this ball? You've got five guys in the box. You have to make that a run play. Um, and so uh, that will happen. I, I, I want the most positive EV play. Obviously, you can't just 
always do the most positive EV because hey, you've got to keep on the back of their toes. But um, we, that's the fear that we need to see an increase and the league's naturally moving that way. So I do think it will happen. We saw it in the second half of the season. We saw more and more passing and we saw better and better results. It wasn't suddenly Baker got the offense. It was almost the offense was Baker rather than the offense was running the ball. Um, so that, that's something that is a slight concern. Um, we Hopefully they're smart enough to go, it doesn't matter that we've invested a lot in this guy. But they do also need to be aware of that because it happens all the time in games, in leagues. Hey, the weird example is Christian McCaffrey went down with the Panthers. They lost their most talented player and their offense was more efficient. Why? Because they were passing to wide receivers rather than running with Christian McCaffrey. And hey, it's, it's, it's really exciting when Christian McCaffrey runs with the pool. Hey, not because I've got him in loads of dynasty leagues, but also it's just fun visually. Um, but at the same time, if you're passing a ball to a wide receiver, even with poor poor quarterback play, it's still more efficient than a, a handoff. So um, it, it's one of them that, yeah, is every team better with Christian McCaffrey in the lineup than out of it? 100%. Is Christian McCaffrey getting the ball worse than throwing at DJ Moore? No. And that, that's them weird sort of ones that it does have a knock-on impact. Yeah, but... I I, I agree with you on all accounts like that. I do think, like, obviously, we all seen Baker take off last year. It wasn't because of the running game. It's because they were throwing the ball more. He was getting comfortable with his receivers and the offense. But at the same time, it was like we got the lead, and then we turned the ball to 27 and 24, and we were closing out games to a degree. Obviously, our defense kept us uh, on the edge of our seats most of the time, and then it kind of get it came down to like Baker, you got to make some of these throws, but at the same time, if we did have a lead fourth quarter and especially Nick Chubb, when he's averaging 10 yards per carry, which is still just a mind blowing statistic to me, when you got the lead, if you can trust your running backs to not turn the ball over and to run effectively, that's going to help us close out victories. And if our passing attack takes off early, that's the best thing. We have a running game. That's going to chew up the clock get four or five yards per carry and be able to close out a lot of wins. So if they can keep it balanced with a slight edge towards the passing game, I think this offense is going to take off because we got so many weapons. Defenses are going to have to keep us pretty honest most of the time this coming season. And I do want to see an increase in running on fourth and one and fourth and two. Run Amen. that ball. And, and because got... there's no point spending the amount of money we do on that O-line, the amount of money we do on those running backs, and then cowardly punt the ball away. And I'm going to use the word cowardly because it is. Run that ball. And um, I want to see more of it. When you got a guy like Nick Chubb who keeps his legs churning when he's getting ganged up on by four or five guys, you need to be running that ball on fourth and one, fourth and two, like you're saying. So, Why not? so Saturday... The Haslam spoke, as they usually do, the opening week of training camp. They just talk about the state of things. Of course, somebody threw in a question about whether they were getting minority ownership of the Cleveland Guardians. I, I understand it, but that, that's another topic for another day. They did slide in the fact, Jack, that another contract extension did happen, although it didn't happen recently. It happened a year ago. Paul D. Podesta got a contract extension, a five-year one. And this was something that I was digging last year and could never get the solid answer from some of the people I talked to, but he signed one around the same time that 
Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry signed with the team uh, to be the head coach. And obviously now Barry's the uh, vice president of football operations, but you've seen this in San Francisco with Shanahan and Lynch. You've seen it in other organizations. They all signed five-year deals together. Finally, the Cleveland Browns have become a stable, solid football franchise. And the key word in all that is alignment. Everybody's here through the 2025 season. This is what we were begging for under the Haslam ownership. And it's finally here. Dee Podesta, Barry, and Stefanski are all locked at the hip. And it's good to see that everybody's aligned. Everybody's going to be together. And as long as the success keeps pouring in for the Browns, these guys are going to be here for a long time. Hey, the nerds are taking over. And uh, for a dude that sits on a beach in California all day drinking mojitos and working remotely, the dude's done good. So, uh, no, I was over the moon. Um, and it, it, the joy is it's not just three guys. Um, there is so much talent in that front office. They have been raiding other teams. Don't they um, have like eight or nine guys like in their analytics department, the which leads the league? analytical staff um, of anywhere in the league. And that stuff is phenomenal because it's all about little edges. Where does... Bill Be- Why has Bill Belichick stayed at the top for so long? Because he's willing to search for edges and exploit edges. And it's not about, hey, what you do for one year is probably a dead edge within two years after that because every team is watching what every other team is doing. So it's really, really, really promising to see that they're together. Um, hey, a, a lot of it now comes down to what is, uh, the franchise is on Baker's shoulders, which is it's a really stressful part being because hey we, we've seen the ups and downs from baker and the first few games in the season we're thinking oh it, it wasn't good and anyone looking at those first four games of the season and being like oh yeah baker's the guy it's like yeah well what are you drinking you're you're on the kool-aid there um it was bad but now and now we, we've seen it at the end and it's like hey i i, I want to see it for another season and uh that is going to potentially define the future for all three of these dudes, that guy could keep them all in a job for 10 years. That guy could also get them all fired within two years. So um, it, it's <laughs> it's crazy that you sat there and going, hey, I, I, I'm so excited about this coaching staff, the front office, all three of them guys. But at the same time, you could have two bad years and uh, we could be sat here back chatting about it. So uh, no, but there is a lot of pressure on Baker's shoulders and um, it's, it's rise and ride and die. Um, so it's going to be really, really exciting to see. Absolutely. I love that. Like they're all locked together. Like you said, they could be here 10 years, but if the, if the wheels come off, come off the tracks, all three of them could be out at the same time. I don't see anybody. I don't see deep Podesta. Like if something were to like drastically happen and the team just plummets again, I don't see him surviving again. Same with Barry and Stefanski, obviously, but hopefully we never have to discuss that for like 10 years. Like, I don't even want to even think about that. I just love that everybody's together. They're locked. The Browns are winning or Super Bowl contenders. Like life's good right now, man. I could see Depot walking away at some point just, just because he fancies a new challenge. Yeah. You could, you could go, yeah. Hey, I want, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to look at a different sport. I want to do something else because He's about process and everything. And if he feels like, hey, we've got a really, really good process here, hey, he, he might wind down his role and then maybe do something else on the side. Um, that could be an interesting one to keep up. But hey, if if the machine's rolling, he, he can wind down his role in a way. 
Um, it might not be announced that that's what's happening, but you might just put a little less work in. And yeah, I think he'd still be involved. Um, I just think it slightly tweak that. But hey, that doesn't really matter. Um, if if you've got the best analytical staff in the NFL working under you, hey, they're the guys that are coming up with the incredible stuff. Depot's there is just the quality control on top of that. And uh, yeah, what a guy to have. So no, it's really exciting. And hey, the nerds are taking over. The wins are coming on the nerd nerds uh, chalkboard so uh we're back where it all started last question before we head on out which contract extension do you think is coming next denzel teller it doesn't seem like baker is it just seems like bakers is kind of wait and see they want to see more and i feel like that's the case with teller so in my eyes i think denzel wards is next basically because what we've heard those chubb and wards extensions started at the same time the obr reported that months ago so my thinking is Wards would be next and then Teller would be midseason, and then Baker would be probably next offseason. Yeah. And it's Baker's one where it's not really both of them, Ward and Baker, the price isn't going to change that much over the next 12 months. Um, Ward is a more known quantity. As long as they're going to have the injury data, because they see everything behind the scenes. They're not just going, oh, how many games did he miss? This is how bad he, his injury record is. Because it, an injury, not all injuries are created equal. And they will know that data behind the scenes of, hey, what's caused this? Can we stop this happening, et cetera? Can we reduce it happening? Um, and then they can look at that. So I think that's the only one for me that I think gets done. And it's only going to be the case of, hey, there's real red flags here. This injury stuff's going to be consistent and get worse where you'd go, hey, we'll give it another year. We might do this more year to year. Hey, we, we might just say, let's keep you for four more years with two tags and then, hey, we're happy to let you walk. But we just can't, we don't want to commit all of this money and all this time because our injury data is that bad um, on him. Whereas your Baker stuff, it's like, hey, once you sign it, you take all the other options off the table. And I think he's the guy, but I'm only about two-thirds sure. I'm, if, if someone asked me, hey, it's evens, Baker is a top 10 quarterback each of the next four years, would I bet all of my earnings on it? No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not betting that. It's like, I, even at two to one, I, I, I would not make that bet that, all the next four years, he's going to be a top 10 quarterback. That, for me, is effectively what you're going and betting on when you do that deal. So, um, no, I, I, I think there's a good chance he does achieve that. But it terrifies me at the same time. And it's like, hey, if, if you're not comfortable, why, why do that? Because it's all right for fans to say, pay the guy, pay the guy, pay the guy. But if, if it goes wrong, then that's their guy. That's these guys' job. They might never get another job in the NFL because of that decision, that one single decision. So it it can be really, really risky. And also in a way that, hey, yeah, you can get out of these deals in two years' time. But do we want to be sat here in two years' time and Aaron Rodgers goes on the cheap, Baker really, 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 really regresses. And I'm talking, hey, we see year two, Baker. It can happen. No, and Eagles fans were promising me the world out of Carson Wentz. Rams fans were promising me the world out of Jared Goff. Um, Josh Allen's meant to be the next coming of the Messiah. I don't think he's going to play that well over the next two years. Um, Herbert, is he going to be elite for the next four years? 
don't think so. Um, with, with all these guys, hey, do you want to nail your colours to the mask? And Marston, if the answer is no, wh- why take yourself out of all those sweepstakes? Obviously, yeah, Tom Brady coming up available is not going to happen every year. But if you were sat there as a team at the minute, say the Browns didn't have a quarterback this offseason, if Tom Brady was available, who, who's Tom Brady going to sign with? He's coming to sign with the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. And that, it, forget the money, forget everything else. He's going to look at the teams available and go, they've got the most talent. I'm going there. And give yourself options. At the end of the day, if it's going to cost you maybe a million a year on Baker's deal to not pay to pay him next year rather than this year, fine. Who cares about a million? Uh, but you leave all of these options open because, hey, if it's that 33% that I think something doesn't go well and you sit there and go, hey, Rogers is lights out. Do I want Aaron Rodgers or do I want a guy that we're talking about as a middle-of-the-road quarterback? Give me Aaron Rodgers and let's see what happens. But I, I feel great that Baker can be the guy, but I'm not betting my mortgage on it. Why would we expect these guys to bet their jobs on it? Um, because that's effectively what you're asking them to do by paying him. So, uh, yeah, they can get out of and take massive dead cap hits and everything else, but that also then ruins your competitiveness at the same time because, hey, you need a couple of years to get out of that. Um, whereas this young core, that ain't going to be together for four or five years. So let's see what happens. Baker gets paid next offseason, I think. But Ward, I think, is going to get done. Yeah, I'm with you. And, like, the thing with Baker, like, I, I get the front office's stance, actually, because it was only, what, eight, nine games we saw elite Baker where he was right there with Rodgers and Mahomes. They are a data-driven front office. They like to see data. I think it's the same thing with Wyatt Teller. They want to see more. I can't fault them for that. Like, I cannot fault them at all for doing that. They want to see more. They want to see, okay, this is year two of Baker in this offense. The first time since college he's been in the same offense in back-to-back years. I don't – let's see what he can do. If he comes out, guns a-blazing, it's still top three, top five quarterback in this league, then you go to the table and say, let's get this deal done. I think Buffalo's I think, I think Buffalo's doing the same thing with Josh Allen. It sounds like there's no progress on their extension. It, it does not shock me that Lamar Jackson's the closest out of the three because he's been productive in these three seasons. He's been the starting quarterback there. We've only seen one season really out of Allen. We've seen half a season out of Baker. Let's see more. Let's stack keep stacking these good games out of Baker Mayfield, then go to the table and say, Hey, let's get this contract done. We'll give you 40 million a year. You're our guy. Let's go. If he comes out of the gate slow, I think everybody will say, Hey, well, let's not rush to extend him. If he's struggling, there's no reason to rush this. I think that's fine. I do not fault the organization for doing that. But at the same time, that, that eight game stretch was, some of the best quarterbacking I've seen out of a Browns quarterback if ever. So I get it from both sides as a fan. would love to see Baker stay the quarterback for the next 10, 15 years when a couple Super Bowls be in the hall of fame. At the same time, I just want to see more. And I feel like a lot of Browns fans are saying that too. They just don't want to admit it because they don't want to be wrong. And that's fine too, because I don't want to be wrong either. I think Baker's the guy, but at the same time, I want to see more as well. Yeah, no, and it's, it's no harm in it. Hey, you can just potentially set the bye week. Hey, Baker, look, here's the deal. It's better than what Lamar Jackson signed, similar to what Dak signed. Do you want to sign it? 
yeah or no, and if not, hey, we'll, we'll sit down and chat in the off-season. But he'll probably go, yeah, I'll have that. 40 million over four years. Do it. Three of the years guaranteed. Maybe one of that guaranteed in the third year tradable if something goes wrong because that makes no difference to him if it's guaranteed and, or it's guaranteed and it can get traded. And uh, yeah, sign on the dotted line. Boom. Done. Four years. Happy, happy days because it gets the year less than what some of these guys are giving up in five years. And um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it It'd be a massive deal to happen mid-season, but I wouldn't rule out. No, not at all. Especially when Barry said the other day when he did his press conference, like he's not opposed to doing in-season contract extensions. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. But uh, Jack, good to be back podcasting with you, man. Good, glad to get uh, season five of the Dogland Pod off the ground. Uh, to our listeners, we'll be back a couple times this week. We got some guests lined up. So stay on the lookout for the podcast. Jack, go ahead and plug your Twitter and your podcast and we'll get on out of here. Yeah. So it's at Jack Duffin, D-U-F-F-I-N on Twitter. DMs are open for any cap questions. Um, right at the Dogland uh, podcast is the Paul Brown podcast. We're back. We dropped one last week. We dropped one around today. And then uh, I think it's going to be twice a week through the season. I don't really know yet. None of us really know, but uh no, it's all gravy. So, uh, no, it's good fun. I'll probably be back on the show whenever Denzel will get signed. Yeah, Yes, sir. That'll probably be the next time we see you in case, unless you just want to come on and talk about camp or preseason or whatever, you're more than welcome as always. Glad to have you part of the team. No? Uh, people running around in uh, training clothes don't, don't really do it for me. No? Okay. Well, well, we'll see you running around in a Nick Chubb jersey soon. Just remember that. So it's coming your way. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Jack McCurry 8 You can follow the podcast at The Dogland as well as on Facebook. Just type search at The Dogland and it'll come up. Give us a like there. Follow us on Twitter. And until next time, go Browns. Go Browns. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.